Hello everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast. We're getting to the stage of the season where some of the big guns are coming out and we have a weekend to savour and I'm delighted that our regular pundits and experts join me, Ross Miller and Tom Collins, off the back of a of a decent Cheltenham weekend. Ross, a, a fabulous selection of the Paddy Power Gold Cup with Galore 5-1. to one. I was pleased to see my best bet at night in Lambourne come in at 5-1 to one as well. Ross's place play, Fontana Elisi at 6-1 to one. and then quite an extraordinary, exalted angel, 8-1 to one from 20-1 to one, Tom's place play uh, came in at third. So a really good range of selections last weekend, which uh, leads us nicely into this weekend coming. So we're a team in good form and that's what we want to see because there is some competitive racing on top of all of the uh, equine stars that we're looking forward to see uh, this uh, weekend coming. Uh, but we'll get cracking into it. The best uh, betting race from a, from our perspective has to be the Stayers Handicap Hurdle at Haydock on Saturday um, at 2.25. We've seen some some real goodens in the past come out of this, the likes of Paisley Park. And uh, we could have a fringe graded horse here um, with a good good weight on his back but is the Cesarowicz winner run for Oscar who's currently four to one a joint favorite with might I does have a hefty mark of 147 to contend with so he's going to have to be good and um, complete some known sevens along with good risk at all eight to one for get a tonic and Botox has 10 to one now TC um, we know what run for Oscar did in the Cesarowicz he absolutely bolted up can he convert that into his into hurdle form? It reminds me of a certain Buzz who did this um, the same weekend, came back over the hurdles and and show what he made of in this fear after being race fit from that win. But this is a big ask under nearly top weight. Yeah, it is a really big ask. He's carrying 12 stone. He's got five pound claimer, Daniel King aboard. Daniel King's only written four winners um, over the jumps in Ireland. So... Look, he's not got an experienced rider. He's also contending with ground that's probably softer than ideal as well. Uh, he's better on good ground. Charles Burns has said that in the past. He proved that in the Cesarich. And he's running off a much higher mark than he was in Cesarich's flat mark compared to his hurdling mark. So I think he has a, a big task at hand, Run for Oscar. I'm a huge fan of the horse, as we all know, and hopefully listeners of this podcast know. Uh, but I am ditching him for this race. What I was looking at for, for recent trends and the statistics side of this race, eight of the last 10 winners have come in here with a prep run and in that prep run finished within the first four horses home. So I think the crucial element here is race fitness. The only two anomalies in that time frame, the last 10 years, are Jevry Chambertin in 2013. Now he was generally best fresh anyway. So I don't think that's um, intriguing or like gets rid of the trend in any way. And the other one is Baradari back in 2015, who was dropping in grade from graded company and was making his debut for Harry Skelton. And we know how good Harry Skelton is first off uh, the stable switch. So the two anomalies don't really put me off the fact that I think race fitness is crucial here. And therefore I've come down on good risk at all. And I'm Pretty confident this horse is going to run a great race. Um, this was hinted as the target at the start of the season prior to his run at Carlisle. And at Carlisle, he absolutely hosed up. He made Holstone, who's a good horse, albeit he's getting on, um, just look far inferior. He didn't look in the same league as good risk all. Last year, he was only beaten six lengths by John Bon in a maiden hurdle which is obviously good form. John Bond wasn't extended, but still. Um, and he also hacked up in a race at Ascot. He needs a big field to show his best, which he's going to get in here, and hopefully a fast pace as well. And any any rain, I know it's already good to soft, probably likely to go soft, any rain will help him. So I think good risk at all off a mark of 143 looks perfectly fair. 
Yeah, no, he did, as you say, have the perfect prep run in. The the one question mark you'd have to say is stamina. Will he stay the uh, the extra half a mile, which he'll, he'll need to? Looking through his pedigree, I wasn't exactly 100% certain, but Tom's got enough confidence in him uh, that he will do, especially on the rain softened ground. Ross, one horse, um, there are several horses in here who are going to have to prove that they stay. Um, my Eye, who's my selection, is, is another one of those. It, have you seen in any of these that you're confident behind their their ability to stay and they've got as tom said a bit of race course uh, experience from this season already well i would like to hear that stat from tc actually i mean as you know i've been a really big fan of good risk at all and and i'm with you it's just the stamina that makes me wonder he was he's pretty free at times and, and still is to some degree i just don't think he's going to want this three mile slog it's raining in haydock at the moment i think it's going to be soft at least um might I, I can see why he's favourite and he's clearly very well handicapped and he'll like soft ground, but he does just seem to be one of those talking horses. Like the number of times it's going to be, this is the time we're going to see my tie. It just keeps happening. And I just wonder whether he's really going to roll his sleeves up and get down and get dirty to win this, which I think whoever, whoever wins it is, is going to be a slog. Um, so the one I've come down on is um, Botox has for Gary Moore. Uh, he ran a really nice prep race at, at Cheltenham last time bumped into probably a very well handicapped shoot first from again from Charles Burns um hit the last at, at Charlton so he seemed to lose his balance and, and faded the first half of the hill and then really kicked on again and, and closed down all the way to the line looked like he was going to finish third maybe even fourth and eventually finished second uh Kaylin Quinn takes off seven pound he's really capable uh and a strong rider as well I think Botox has does take a bit of pushing along he's very well suited to Jamie Moore and I think Kaylin Quinn is of that same mould, albeit far less far less experienced. He's going to love soft ground. He's got some great form as a juvenile on soft ground um, behind the likes of uh, Dan Skelton uh, horse, whose name escapes me. Um, but he, he'll love the soft ground. I think most juvenile hurdlers want to trip in time. I think this is his trip. He's already proven he'll stay three miles at Cheltenham. So I think soft ground, flat track, ideal for him. Yeah, he's got a grade two success behind him. You know, won't forget that 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 wonderful occasion for Josh Moore, um, landing the the uh, the national spirit. Gone up four pounds though for finishing second. That's enough for him. Um, look, you mentioned my eye. This is a horse that yes, he could be. He's he's a sort of a, a hype horse. I think Harry Fry was very very bullish about him, um, especially when he came into uh, to Sandown, um, and he went off favourites and he bumped into a no. A, a certain constitution hill and i think he's just been unlucky to bump into other grade one horses and likes of john bond and three stripe life so i don't think that's uh, anything to to be too negative about um still think as you've rightly said, said ross that he's well handicapped but he might just get skinny enough i wouldn't want him to get any shorter than four to one um in a race where he's going to need to have to stay as well but at least he's got that in his pedigree he's a half brother to Statler who is a who's a real marathon lover um so I think it's going to be his bag and um but I would be happy to see him over a fence one day so um intriguing to see him stay down this route where, it, where it's such a competitive field for novice chases um okay so differing of opinion good risk or tool for TC um Botox has for Ross and I'm sticking with my eye for the the best sort of um betting prospect of the weekend as um I mentioned at the top, there are some serious equine stars coming out this this weekend, but it is a bit of a disappointment that we've got a slightly depleted looking fields. Um, I think we always were expecting it to to be as such, but 
Um, we're going to quickly just go through these main races, the Ascot Hurdle and the return of Constitution Hill. They've had enough rain to be confident enough to have to run him. Um, I don't think he was ever going to be out of the question considering how much we were getting from the beginning of the week. And Ross, do we think it's a bit of a, a foregone conclusion? He doesn't really need to be at his very best to beat this field, does he? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm delighted to see him running over his proper trip. As you know, all last year, I was saying <laughs> this, this was his trip. So I think we'll see the proper Constitution Hill now he's over the correct trip. Uh, no, I think he's going to need to be 70% to to beat these comfortably. I do honestly think that actually he'll he'll be as effective at this trip, if not a little bit better. I don't think he'll come off the bridle. Um, it's not a race to bet him. But then neither was John Bond's uh, novice chase yesterday. And it was plenty enjoyable to watch that. So make a cup of tea and watch Constitution Hill start on his road, hopefully to champion hurdle glory. Yeah, uh, TC, I, it's, it's interesting listening to Nicky Henderson because he does always come across slightly nervous with his big guns. But when you listen to him speak about Constitution Hill, he sounds, the tone he gives off is that he's just remarkable. He's a freak. And he feels a lot more relaxed listening to him. It's, it's intriguing how how this horse has sort of changed his, his mindset towards towards racing because that's the way he is. His constitution is just such that you just want to just enjoy him. Yeah, exactly. He was fantastic last year, wasn't he? And as you say, Nicky Henderson does come across as a little bit timid and shy to run these horses. But we've seen in the past uh, a couple of decisions of uh, perhaps ruined horses that have been at the top level. Altior um, in one of the races, actually, that we're going to cover shortly in the 1965 chase. Um, Shishkin as well last year against uh, Energamine. Maybe that put him off going into Cheltenham and the prep wasn't ideal. So there are reasons why he's nervous about running these horses. He was actually saying Constitution Hill is 60% likely to not run in this race. I don't see a reason why that should be the case. He should run in here. It's a really poor betting heat. Mm. If you like five runner races, we've got three of them <laughs> uh, with odds on favourites in each. The only other horse in this race I actually trust at all is for pleasure and he isn't in the same league as constitution hill so just a watching brief the favorite should win okay right so i think we're all confident right behind constitution hill for um the, the ascot hurdle at 240 preceding that as you mentioned tc is the 1965 chase now you're the man with the stats and i just thinking about this race i always seem to feel like there can be a few upsets in here uh, we ha we see um some of the obvious horses going off very short which you'd imagine lon Preste will be considering um the level of form he comes into from his novice days but i just think venetia williams horses have not been hitting their mark possibly just need their runs but she's gone a long time without a winner yeah, she has. Uh, actually, someone in the SBK offices is a big fan of following Venetia Williams' horses. And yesterday he came up to me and said, Venetia's just not on the board yet. What's going on? <laughs> and I was like, just wait for the rain. Wait for the rain. The rain is now coming. I'm sure Venetia will soon find form. Yes, Lompresse is favourite, deserves to be favourite on the basis of last year's form. Again, five runners in here, not the strongest of heats, likely to go out in front or be very close to the speed and should have no excuses. One fresh both times for Venetia Williams. So there's no real reason why you should be taking Lompresse on. It's just not the best race. Uh, and also, as you say, Venetia's not had the winners. So at a very short price, do you want to be back in Lompresse or do you just want to watch or do you want to oppose him? I'm going for the opposing route. Now, the obvious one is Hitman, but I just question his attitude. He's placed far too many times for me, and he should have won the old Rowan, in my opinion. Loomed up alongside, looked like he was going to go by, and just didn't, albeit Riders on the Storm did battle well. Uh, so the horse that I came down on was another horse in the old Rowan, which is Do Your Job. Progressive last year, clearly had a problem with his wind in the old Rowan chase, uh, was favourite for that race, mm. sent off a 5-2 to two 
didn't show his best, but he's had a wind up since. If that helps, maybe he's rejuvenated and runs well at double figure price. Yeah, I I back that TC. I think um, I think considering yeah, I think he made a bit of a mistake and his race was kind of gone and obviously first run back he's entitled just need it and not be given a, a tough time with a long season ahead of him so I thought do your job was the one of all to to have a bit of a turn up here and I, I would be Lompress is such a big big rangy horse he's another one it's probably will need he might just need his first race back um so yeah if, if anything do your job is the one that I, I thought could play a bit of a shock here Ross do you think there could be a bit of an upset yeah, I think, um, you know, we've got to remember as well that Lon Presley jumped out to his left when running in the graduation chase here last year. Um, I think he's undoubtedly better going left-handed. And I echo what TC says, Venetia hasn't hit straps yet. And she actually had a couple at Hereford in the week who travelled very well into the race and then finished quite weakly as well. So I just wonder whether they're not quite at a, at 100%. Um, I think we should point out that Hitman, this is his second preference. He's more likely to run in the graduation chase at, at Haydock. Um, which would obviously make the job easier for Lon Presse. But if if I was going to oppose, and I probably will just watch, but I do like David Maxwell. And I, and I thought Paul Nichols in the Racing Post, his stable tour was quite interesting, where he said he's had St. Carlos a couple of years and he's just figuring out how to train him. Mm. Now, I mean, I'm always wary of these stable tours. I think they like to throw some sound bites out, you know, just to give the writer an easy headline. But if he has figured out how to train him, he's a very good horse and, particularly going right-handed and probably the sort of horse that would suit David Maxwell. You haven't got to think too much, just keep coming, keep coming and, you know, could take the race by the scruff of the neck. This trip, you'll see it out well. So St. Calvados is perhaps the interesting one, but it's probably another um, sit and watch job for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we just love seeing David Maxwell here. One of his finest days uh, in the in the saddle at Ascot last year, didn't he? He's just um, he's he's a wonderful um, enthusiast for the for the game. So let's see how he gets on with Saint Calvados now in his colours. Okay, the final race that we're going to touch on briefly is the is the Betfair Chase, which will see the return of last year's winner and the Gold Cup hero um, Aplutard again. Five runners, they were even considering reopening it because they were so wanting for more uh, participants. Even the fifth, um, even if you come last, you pick up just over five grand so that you're not going to be doing too badly. I can't see anything touching a hair to Plutard, potentially Frodon, Ross, but oh, it's a big, big ask. And uh, the 10-year-old against a Plutard who can't believe is just eight. You know, he's got plenty of life left in him, doesn't he? He could be winning a couple more Gold Cups and this looks like a, the perfect starting point for him again. Yeah, I, th I think so. I mean, I, th I think the ground is going to be too soft for Frodon. Um, so I, I don't think he can beat him. If it was if it was good ground, it's going to suit Aplutard more. Um, I think on soft ground, it's not going to suit Frodon anywhere near well enough. I've heard a few people mention that if it gets very soft at Haydock, it's very different and, and maybe that brings Protector out into it or... Uh, even dear old um, uh, the grey uh, name has escaped uh, me. Bristol Demai. Bristol Demai. Um, but I mean, Bristol Demai was nowhere near at it last year. I mean, the, the race he should have won was at Lingfield on bottomless ground, small field. That should have been ideal for him. He could only finish third. I think he's he's well up against it. Protector, I just I just don't like. Um, I, I don't mm. trust him. He hangs. He's chancy jumper. He can be very keen. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is Aplutard won on bottomless ground in Ortoy as a youngster um, and you won't get softer ground than, than heavy ground at Ortoy. He finished second in a Fortria chase on heavy ground over two miles, which we now know is not his trip. Um, I, 
I just don't think there's a a reason to to oppose him. I certainly won't be backing him at the prices, but you know, as I've mentioned before, I'd want that sort of price about horse cantering to the start without losing a jockey because that's just the way I am. But um, yeah, it's another one I'm afraid to sit and watch. And um, if you're on at fancy anti-post prices before uh, the Gold Cup, you want to see a nice round of jumping and him do it as well as he did last year. Yeah, I suppose. Look, it was wrong to. to to brush past Constitution Hill so quickly because, look, he is a novice going into open company and we've seen time and time again, you know, the likes of Sam Crow, the next coming, and it just didn't materialise when he went into open company. The difference between that and Aplutard is that he's done it. He's been there, he's done it, he's proved himself in this in this grade um, at the highest level. The only times, I suppose, TC, we've seen him maybe um, not performing to the, to the level that we've hoped is... And I hate to criticise Rachel Blackmore more, but there've been a couple of, um, you know, imagine just like riding riding him in in in, a, in the way that he probably isn't best suited. I I'd say at Leopardstown, um, potentially at Christmas, but otherwise, look, he's rated 180. The nearest to him is Frode on 164. It's you know that's that says everything, really, isn't it? Yeah, you took my line. I was going to say you have a 180 horse taken on rivals <laughs> yeah. rated 160 or high 150s. Basically, this horse is far and away superior to his rivals. He goes well fresh. He handles this track. He won this race last year by 22 lengths. Look, if you're getting four to six, which he is with uh, a couple of rival firms right now, I think that is a very bettable price. And I don't like backing odds on favourites, uh, despite sometimes putting them up uh, because I think they're likely winners. What I will say is Protectorat, yes, he might be the most likely danger on, on recent form, last year's form. He's six to four with one firm. That is horrific. I, I've never seen a worse six to four uh, priced horse in my life, I don't think. He's got upwards of a stone to find on Aplutard. Mm. That, that is a terrible price. So, yeah, Aplutard for me, I would be a taker of four to six, actually. Uh, I think he'll repeat last year's win easily. Okay, yeah, look, a lot of confidence in, in about, I think the 1965 chase is the only one where uh, we're happy to take on a favourite, which is likely to be Lompresse. Okay, well, we rattled through the main races to, to give the opinions of, of of the experts on on what is going to be happening this weekend. Um, obviously, we've got the opportunity now for the bet of the week, um, and uh, we'll start with Ross and get your thoughts. And if you can, we'll roll straight into your place players too. So the nap is in the one thirty at Ascot, Jess, and it's Cockalico. Um, has the same prep into this race as when winning at Chepstow last year, which was namely a, a spin on the flat at Nottingham absolutely bolted up at Chepster last year first time blinkers on that occasion on soft ground I'm working on the basis the rain is going to hit Ascot and it's going to get soft enough for her she is five pound higher than winning that but five pound wouldn't have stopped her that day I think first time out is the time to catch her goes very well for Rex Dingle I think she'll win the 130 and then the place play is in the 315 at uh, Ascot and it's the old favorite Amula Gold who ran inexplicably poorly last time the stewards looked into it the vet looked into it they could find no reason has first time blinkers fitted and if they do the trick now running off a mark of 140 which is six pound when winning a similar contest at this track last year and then what I will just mention that we glossed over in the stayers up at Haydock is Imperial Laura £12 below his chase mark, £20 below his highest chase mark, mm. was operated for kissing spine over the over the summer. He, I was keen on him, but he had a stone bruise this week. So maybe he's missed a bit of work and that would go against TC's stat of needing a first time out run. Okay, yeah, we love it. Okay, great, um, great from you there, Ross. That's uh, best of luck, um, and that the success keeps rolling into this weekend after a fine Cheltenham last weekend. Um, Tom, what have you found for your best bet? 
Yeah, just a nap. No place play this week. Uh, the nap is find the time in the 115 at Haydock. There are eight runners in here, but I only like one of them. Now, there might be some support for Dan Skelton's French import, Le de Sud. Uh, there's a course winner, Albert's back in there. He's a strong traveler. And the consistent Cheddleton is also in the field. But they're all going to have to go some to beat find the time. He's a six-year-old, but he's already developed into a very use- useful hurdler. Last year, he won a couple of novice events at Sedgefield and Catrick very easily. And then won a, ha- a handicap at Weatherby as well in, in facile fashion. Really unlucky not to rack up the four-time on a seasonal reappearance where he drew clear with a Dan Skelton trainee uh, who's also very well handicapped. They were nine lengths ahead of Ashington who finished third. Ashington last week ran at Cheltenham's November meeting, finished fifth in a good handicap hurdle, probably a deeper race than this, which kind of boosts the form. Find the time, second time up this year. Has a five-pound penalty from his uh, recent runner-up effort, but I think that's perfectly fair given how far clear they were of the third and yeah, I just think he wins this. Find the time in the 115 at Haydock. Yeah, I support that. That was going to be uh, one of my selections as well. I think he was really eye-catching. And the Brian Hughes-Nicky Richards combination is just one to to follow wherever it is. And it's great to see them on a big Saturday, not just uh, um, during the midweek too. Um, I'm just going to add Musical Slave in there. Um, I, at the moment, I'm not too sure what price he's going to be. So it could be a best bet. It could be a, a place play. But he's a horse that has been really frustrating for his connect connections because he's clearly very talented but he can be a bit awkward when he jumps and they put some cheap pieces on him um, back at Haydock in the springtime and they really helped Um, and then he chased home Hewick at Sandown which hasn't turned out too badly he's got reappearing reappearing after 210 days off the track which is you know he might just need the run but I think that they're just working out the best way to to get the the goods out of him and um, I think he should have a a nice profile still relatively well handicapped for a talented horse so that's in the 3.35 at Haydock. Okay, well, we've rattled through plenty this week um, as there is so much to look forward to on Saturday. Um, let's hope we get the, the stars come out and we, we see what we want to see from them um, to set us up um, for the rest of the season. Um, and we'll hopefully review some of the performances that we've seen when you rejoin us next week. A reminder that new, that new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always apply. Don't forget to subscribe, to like, uh, listen again on whatever podcast channel you use but we are also on YouTube as well so you can see Ross and TC's lovely faces um, and make sure to keep tabs on our SBK Ambassador content as well. Thank you for joining us and we will be back next week.